0: I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Welcome to the Ask Lee segment of my channel and if you have any questions regarding magic, spirituality, witchcraft, humanology, the occult whatever it may be, then all you have to do is drop it into the comments of any of the Ask Lee videos and I will add it to the queue. And I do these every Wednesday so just look out for your questions. Hello and welcome back to another Ask Lee Okay, so straight into the questions. Um, Max Blizzard, Blizzard, I'm not sure you have to let me know. Um, I'm struggling with the matron patron demon thing. Um, according to my natal chart, Belial would be my patron, however, I don't feel that he's the one. Does that make sense? I mean, how do you know? Uh, Kathy Pryor also commented on that, asking how do you even find your patron? demon, angel, god, etc. in your natal charge, or do we have more than one type? Okay, so um, if I recall correctly, I mean this this mostly comes from Connolly's writings, uh, whereby we um, find out from our natal charge um, which are the more prominent elements of um, air, fire, water and earth, um, and then we assign that. To being the patron or matron, um, daemon. Now, sorry, coming back to that. um, So you know, if your if uh, the the most prominent element in your natal chart is Earth, therefore it would be Belial. Um, That's only one possibility of finding your matron or patron. And just because it may be earth it doesn't mean it's Belial Or because it's the most prominent element is fire it would be flarius Um, those are simply the 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 elemental kings which have been assigned within one system Um, so it could be that it's an earthy type of spirit um, but not necessarily Belial Um, but at the same time that's only one way of doing it one way of finding this matron or patron. Personally, I think firstly you should not worry too much about it. Um when they deem it necessary to let you know, they'll let you know. Um, if they never do, that's also fine. That doesn't mean they're not there, they always will be there. Um, so it's very similar to um the the um holy guardian angel or the personal diamond etc etc Uh, which I'll get to just now because that was actually Kathy Pryor's next question. Um, So um, you know, first of all, just don't worry too much about it. Um, It's not an absolute necessity to have in your practice. You don't need to have your matron or patron. This kind of reminds me of back in the the 90s, um, you know, we had to have a magical name, a witch name. Um, It was just part of the thing about being a witch back then. It's not as important as it is now. Um, But things have changed. Um, It also relied on social media. Uh, Well, not really social media. Back then it was uh, Yahoo groups and and email. Uh, We didn't have Facebook and all those types of social media, but still it was social, it was online, etc. Um, But anyway, it kind of reminded me of that you have to have a witch name. You have to take on a witch name. So, you know, it was one of those really important things you have to do. But um, it actually isn't that necessary. Um, Obviously, if you need to hide your identity online, you need to have an alias or, um, you know, a handle or something like that. And I think this is sort of what it's become with this whole idea of you have to have a matron or patron. Um, you have to find out who your matron, matron or patron is. It's not necessary. Um, you you know, as I said, your matron or patron um, is going to be a, a, a deity um, who is kind of like the the guiding Aspect in your life and they're always going to be there. They're always going to be there in the background um, Whether one person gets to know who that is intimately and Another person doesn't doesn't really change that fact doesn't really change that operation that that, that Working That method that way of going through life um, So, you know, it's not one of those things we have to do, you know in order to take the next step if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's really as simple as that. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, but, you know, if you don't feel that Belial is your your patron, that's fine. Um, just let it come naturally. Let the, the spirit themselves actually reach out to you and say, you know, I am your matron or patron you can sit down and you can call out to the spirits. Um, I wouldn't do this too generally because you might have started attracting spirits that you don't want around you, Um, but you can call out to them and say, who is my matron or patron? Um, You may feel drawn to a particular spirit, um, in which case go and ask them if they are your matron or patron. Um, It could be that they are simply there for a short period of time to get you through something, to teach you a lesson, and then they'll move on and another one will come along. In which case, that's not your matron or patron. But um, if you feel particularly drawn to one, it could be. Uh, And therefore, just ask. You'll probably find that when it comes to your matron or patron, um, they'll kind of pop up will keep popping up over years and years and years, um, and they don't go away. That's the ones that stick around, and that's usually what, what that is. Um, so, but as I said, don't worry too much about it, it's not an absolute necessity. You don't have to do it before you can take the next step in anything, um, it's just a nice to know, a nice to have type of thing. All right so the next question was from kathy prior is your guardian angel and your higher self the same or are they different entities is personal daimon or daemon um, the same as our main spirit guide these are all really the same thing <clears throat> we just read you know different uh, traditions different cultures they all refer to it by a different name so your your guardian angel, your holy guardian angel, um, your higher self, your personal daimon, um, your um, your fetch, um, all of these things are that aspect which is your higher self, your holy guardian angel. Uh, I like to use the, the term personal daimon. Um, it does come from the Greek, um, but the, the word daimon itself has quite a history um and it, it did develop over the centuries um you know but it, it refers it refers to a spirit which is your guiding spirit um and when it when we think of the holy guardian angel um which crowley spoke a lot about in reference to things like um the um, uh, sacred magic of Abra- 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 Abramelin, um you know that's the the spirit which is guiding your own true will. So, um, you know, it's that guiding force in our lives. And there's lots of different viewpoints on what the the holy guardian angel, or the personal diamond, actually is. Um, You know, if we look at it in reference to being the Fetch um, and we look at that as being in reference to the Fetch Beast and the Fetch Mate, then it's both the Fetch Beast and the Fetch Mate. They're not actually separate. They are the same thing. They are the Fetch, Um, but it's different aspects of that one being, Um, but I have forgotten where I was going with that now, but if, you know, some people will think of the, the Holy Guardian Angel as being separate from ourselves and others will consider it to be a a part of ourselves, our our, our higher self or our higher soul. Um, So I think personally, I think it's somewhere in between. Um, It is independent of us, but it is part of us and it's kind of the intermediary between ourselves and divinity. Um, So yeah, uh, big topic, but yeah, all of those terms, guardian angel, higher self, uh, personal daimon, uh, main spirit guide even, they are all the same thing. You know, spirit guides, you can have many spirit guides, and this comes back to the, the previous question now, you know, we're talking about matron and patrons, so you may have this particular spirit, this deity, which is a guiding principle in your life, uh, and then they're, they're there throughout your life, um, whereas we have um different spirits that come in for shorter periods of time to get us over something to teach us something uh to help us with something and then they leave and another one comes in very similar so if we we can if we use the term main spirit guide that would be the the one which is there forever um you know throughout our lives um whereas we may have other spirit guides uh which pop in and out just to teachers lessons or whatever it may be. So, yeah, all, all the same thing really. Alright, so the next question, if it will go back, there we go, okay, this is a long one from, um, oops, right, I've lost it, Boxer Training, um, whose name has changed to Black Rose if I remember correctly. I know you changed your alias on there. Okay, Uh, Let me just try and zoom in a bit so I can read it better. Okay, I only have a few questions. Um, This is in reference to the asking I did on disposal of offerings. Okay so just to give a relation relation to what these questions are about. Uh, What if an offering of water or alcohol or other liquids for example Uh, May I offer wine to a spirit and leave it for like a day or more then take it out Out to the balcony and leave it to evaporate. Would that be appropriate as in leaving it? uh, To the Sun air to carry away Yeah, that's absolutely That's that's very appropriate Um, You'll find you know different people will do different things Um, if I am giving liquid water alcohol Coffee, tea, etc. Um, maybe not so much, so much coffee or tea, and I'll explain why now. If I'm using um, alcohol, water is you know one thing. It's water's water. It doesn't go mouldy or anything like that. Um, if, however, I'm using alcohol, you may find that some will will get a bit of mould on them, um, or a fly will will fly in or something like that. Um, you'll probably find that that means that the offering has not been accepted. Um, and the strangest thing, you you know, um, I remember offering, um, it, it, was, uh, it was sherry, I offered some sherry and that got some mould on the top uh, after a day or two. Um, and then I changed that to red wine, which you would think would get mould quicker, um, but it didn't after a week, no mould at all. Um, so, it's sometimes a good indication that the, the offering itself has not been accepted. The Spirit just didn't like that particular thing, so change it to something else. Um, but when I do this, I usually leave the offerings on for a week, maybe. Uh, it depends on the agreement. I usually agree to, um, if it's a liquid offering, I usually agree with the Spirit to replace it every week, um, if it's an alcohol. Uh, water are usually replaced daily, especially with my my main offering, my main altar that I do my daily uh, workings at. I do that every day, and that's a daily change. But if it's an alcohol offering, I will do it probably weekly. Um, some people will change it every day, and you know, and taking out and pouring it on the ground, for instance, is one way of disposing of it. You can let it evaporate. Um, into the air, and you know, as an offering to the air spirits themselves, as an offering to sun, as you mentioned, um. So, yeah, great way to, a way of uh, disposing of them. All right, um, I'm rambling now. Um. Let's see. Next uh, was also, I tend to use tea lights. Chime candles are not available where I live, and I normally throw away the metal part in the trash whilst while saying thank you once the candle has burned all the way down. Um, I saw in another video of yours that it's not a good idea to throw the offerings in the trash but I have no garden and I don't live near any anybody of water um, I live in an urban area and I heard other people say that it's fine to throw the remains in the trash respectfully by saying thank you so I'm confused. There are a couple of parks in, in my neighbourhood but I don't feel comfortable going around and digging holes uh, it may attract the wrong kind of attention. Um, what should I do in this case? Okay, in specifically in terms of candles, you don't want to bury candles. Um, they're not good for the earth. They you know, usually have paraffin um, byproducts in them. So you, this is a bit of a problem. Um, and yes, you can dispose of them in the trash uh, if it's the only only option you've got. Um, you know, try and go through through the different uh, motions. Um, can you bury it in the ground? If you can't bury it in the ground, um, can you burn it? If you can um, make a little, what well, we call them brides here, but a barbecue, or some kind of fire, um, then, you know, make the fire, put the, the candle into the fire, and let that melt. Um, that's one way of disposing it, because then everything turns to ashes. Um, that's one way of disposing of, of candles, um, candles, as I said, you can't really bury in the ground cause they're not really good for the ground. So if you can't burn them, it's one way of doing it, a votive offering, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's food, candles, paper, whatever, you know, do a votive of offering where you actually burn it. Um, but if, if you, there's absolutely no way of, um, getting rid of it and again, candles putting on the stream not a good idea very bad for the environment but if you have no other offer, uh, no other options then um, you know throw them in the trash respectfully say thank you it is considered to be disrespectful to throw things in the trash um, but I think as more and more people are moving into urban areas and finding it difficult to dispose of offerings in the or you know the, the proper fashions um, the way People used to do it um, you know I think these changes are, are becoming a bit more necessary um, not everybody agrees with it you know throwing stuff in the trash they will not do it at all um, but I think it's becoming a necessity so it's fine um, and then continuing and finally in the example of Lucifer for example uh, I saw a lot of posts from people saying he likes chocolate I would love to offer him chocolate, but I have no idea how to dispose of it, like even if I could leave it in nature, um, it could be harmful to stray dogs and cats as it's toxic to them. Um, I also read that he likes cigarettes and cigars. In this case, should I light the cigarette cigar and let it burn as an offering, Um, or should I just place it? I am sorry, I have so many questions and can't find any answers. Anyway, no, perfectly fine. Um, okay, so uh, things like chocolate, chocolate can be melted. So again, um, if you can make a fire, make a fire. If you can't, trash again. Gonna have to put it in the trash. Um, cigarettes and cigars. I would, I would actually avoid cigarettes, um, cigars, pipe tobacco. Um, um, uh, rolling tobacco that you well, is it called rolling tobacco? Tobacco that you roll your own cigarettes with. Those are not. Those are okay. Those are not as bad. Um, cigarettes themselves contain so many chemicals, um, and and you know things like cyanide and arsenic and, and things like that. Um, so I I actually wouldn't. I, I know a lot of people do. Offer cigarettes, but it's actually supposed to be an offering of tobacco. Um, tobacco is a very sacred plant. Um, so, you know, rather do cigars or pipe tobacco um, or any kind of tobacco that um, is not treated with all the chemicals that cigarettes are. Um, with those, you can simply leave them on the altar. Um, if you don't smoke, you're not going to want to do particular things. There's smoke cleansings you, you can do with cigars, for instance. Um, but, yes, cigars cig- um, cigars and tobacco you can actually leave on the altar. That is something you can actually leave for a long time. It's kind of like uh, if you were offering jewelry or coins or toys or something like that. Um, you know, you can. Just, there's no reason why you can't leave these things permanently. Um, they become part of the actual altar itself and cigars and tobacco. Tobacco you can again you can if you can build a fire and you want to dispose of it you can just burn it. Um, So I think this is going to come a a lot down to can you build a fire. Um, If you can't build a fire the only option you've got left for you is the trash. Um, But if you can build a fire like if you've got a balcony like I do and you've got a little place um, that you can actually build an actual fire then you can go and you can take all of these offerings and you can burn them. Um. So, as I said, if that's not an option for you, the only option left is, um, uh, uh, the the bin, the trash. However, if you can get to a park and it's something you can leave in nature, so not chocolate, um, not a cigar. Well, cigars okay. Well, actually um it's biodegradable so it should be fine. Um you don't really want an animal coming along and eating it. Um but something you can leave like bread, um eggs, um, you know, all of the food type of items that you can leave out in nature. Then if you can leave it apart you leave it in a park you don't need to dig a hole. Um, you know, kind of carry it in a little bag or something and then when nobody's watching just put it next to a tree and just leave it there or put it in the tree um, so you know there are different ways you can actually work this you can do this um, so you know okay have to get imaginative I think all right last bit uh, sorry for the long comments I have so many ideas for offerings but the issue is not knowing how to dispose of them in a respectful manner And without offending the spirits. I have been trying to contact Lucifer and I think it is him I am feeling but I am not able to get clear answers yet so I am trying to go with the most reasonable ways to dispose of my future offerings to him. So far I have only been offering uh, candles and incense and I made him a painting one time. Thanks for reading and answering my questions. Paintings are a great Great offering. And when it comes to Lucifer, Lucifer's light bringer, bringer of gnosis and knowledge and things like that. So studying is also a good offering. Um, but yeah, disposal of offerings can get a bit tricky. And it, it, I think more people are talking about it now and trying to give other people ideas. But at one stage, it was like nobody even mentioned it. You know, it was kind of like assumed, or you would talk within a group or something like that. Um, so yeah, um, if you can't bury it or leave it in the stream, can you burn it? If you can't burn it, throw it in the trash, um, and say thank you before you do so. Thank you to the spirits. Thank you for accepting the offering, etc., etc., etc. But you know, essentially, the viewpoint is: on one side, you should not throw it in the trash; it's disrespectful. On the other side, it's fine because it's it was an offering. All of the energy is drained out of it. Now it's just waste products, Therefore, it's okay to throw it in the trash. So how do you feel? Let's put it that way. Okay. So that's it for Ask Lee this week. And I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening.